the show you need to get what you desire by avoiding the mistakes made by others before you. Learn the stories and journeys of what success looks like to find the freedom you deserve while thriving with your best life. And now I present to you the one, the only Rapid Results with Andrew Wise. All right. Welcome, everyone, to episode one of the Rapid Results with Andrew Weiss. I am more than excited to bring on our first guest, W. Tristan Abelson. And for those who don't know, W. Tristan and I are in a mastermind together called ISI. stands for Iron Sharpens Iron. It's how we got connected. And I wanted to bring W. Tristan on first because of the fact that he's an avid Jesus follower. He's an audio engineer. He got his dream job right out of college. He always has something insightful to say and uh, he knows how to get things done very quickly. And so with that said, Tristan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, reaching out. Um, yeah, no, it was great great to uh, to meet you in ISI and, you know, past uh, year or so that we've been getting to know each other. Really appreciate the insight that you have as well and enthusiasm. So excited for what you're doing. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Yes. And uh, yeah, so for everyone watching and tuning in, this is episode one. So thank you again for your patience. If there's any tech difficulties, luckily we have an audio engineer who is uh, here to save the day. And uh, as you can see, he's got his nice fancy mic though. But regardless, um, I created this show to help serve more people. So this is all about um, helping more. And so with that said, Tristan, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, tell us about your family upbringing. Don't you have like 10 brothers and sisters? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, close to that. No, um, yeah. So I'm I'm Tristan Abelson, and I uh, I grew up in New Jersey, about an hour from New York City, two hours from Philly. So kind of in the uh, the northwest corner of New Jersey. Most people think of New Jersey as like the armpit of New York, but where I came from, it's it's more like a, a few minutes away from farmland. Closer, it's closer to that than to the city. So people here in New Jersey, they always get the uh, the wrong idea. But yeah, so I, I grew up. I mean, I didn't have maybe the uh, the traditional traditional path that a lot of people uh, having in that in that come from a big family. I'm the, I'm the second oldest of, of seven kids. So I've got an older sister and five younger siblings. And on top of that, uh, I was homeschooled. So very different background, homeschooled from preschool through high school, and uh, all the way through. And yeah, so basically, I grew up in, in a home where, where my parents, they raised all of us uh, to uh, believe in to believe in Jesus as as our lord and savior and that more than anything else that they've taught me uh has shaped the the direction of my life and you know kind of kept me grounded and, and given me purpose you know i'm sure we're going to dive more into that later uh but that that's kind of my my background my upbringing so big family homeschooled and uh yeah from there wasn't really sure what i wanted to do after after high school uh, i had some ideas you know i played music all growing up so had some dreams of doing stuff like that i also did a lot of robotics stuff i was really into mechanical and electrical engineering in middle school and high school. So I also thought I was going to do that. So yeah. I had kind of these two things battling and it's going to apply to some engineering schools. Something kind of snapped and decided that I didn't really want to do that anymore. And so I was going to a community college, just commuting from home for about a year and a half. And and I found a uh, an audio engineering program at this school, which for those of you who don't know, like this program specifically was focused on music recording. And so it was kind of the, uh, the perfect marriage of the uh, the music background that I that I had and loved, as well as the technical audio or the technical engineering side of the, you know, all the robotics and stuff. So it was kind of a, yeah, perfect marriage of those two and really dived into that and 
ended up moving down to Nashville uh, beginning of 2018 and went to a couple different schools down here and just graduated with my with my bachelor's of science back in May of this year. I'm sorry, May of 2021. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> uh, since then uh, it's been it's been a it's been a cool journey. I just landed a sweet full time job doing audio and. That was back in September, so really enjoying it so far. That's a, that's a quick summary. <laughs> yeah, no, and and we'll dive into those topics. And I know we're in a world where homeschool isn't as common, and so if you don't mind talking about that, tell us about your, your homeschool experience. Like, was that was was religion and, um, and and Jesus a big part of that, or did you kind of come up with that on your own a little bit? T- tell us about that journey. The homeschooling itself, I don't know that that was a. I, I wouldn't call that a religious decision decision for for my parents uh, how they got how they got to that it was more that they they saw some issues um, in the school system and they weren't confident in uh, they didn't have a whole lot of confidence in in what was being taught and and the influence teachers on on students and other students on students some of the some of the negative influences that that happens so often there um, and you know there are pros and cons to, to both of them many of both people always ask me like oh you're homeschooled didn't you have a social life? Like, and yes, I did. It was different. And so, yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into that. Lots of good and lots of bad. And that's a, that's a long conversation in and of itself. Uh, but no, I, I wouldn't say that it was a religious decision, but, but what it did allow uh, was, was in my education, it, it allowed my parents to, you know, the Bible speaks about training your children up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. And so allowed for, it allowed for the inclusion of, you know, spiritual growth in my education. And uh, one one thing that I've realized like throughout my life and, and especially more recently, just how much it matters that that we are integrated humans rather than having like a, a professional, like it's so easy to categorize different things, like have a, a professional and a, and a personal and a relational and a financial and a spiritual, all these different categories of our life. And yeah, it's just become like really evident that, you know, we shouldn't be doing that so much. They all kind of fit together and they, they can't be separated like that. They shouldn't be. Um, they, they all form the picture of who we are. And yeah, so I, and throughout homeschooling, my parents had had the opportunity to really speak into my life and kind of integrate that well. And, and it also allowed for uh, a ton of flexibility and gaining experience that I never would have gotten in a public school. Uh, I was able to work with my, my, my dad's a business owner, uh, does IT and programming stuff. So I was able to get plugged in with his with his company and, and work from a very young age and just get experience, whether it was like interacting with with clients day to day or talking on the phone. Uh, so I gained, you know, different skills and got to see the insides inside working of a business that, you know, most my ki- most kids my age have no access to. So lots. It was a full it was a full and, and varied education uh, just looked very different from from traditional path. I like what you said about being able to integrate the personal, professional, and the spiritual, and how they, how people don't realize the importance of like the, the integration, the balance of those. Can you tell us more about how you are able to blend all those together and make sure you stay on top of all that? Yeah, I think that the most important part is to, is that you you have a foundation. Who are you? Who am I? And and what is life all about? Because the way that we when we don't have kind of a center of our life, we don't have that foundation. It's really easy to like the only option we have really is to separate all those categories out and and set goals and different things for each of those categories. And that's all great. Don't don't hear me wrong. Setting goals is is great, but I think what's more important is having having a true identity and having your actions kind of fulfill your identity, 
what you believe about yourself. And what I mean about that is like, personally, I can only speak for myself, right? I believe that I am created by God. And I believe that uh, my, my, my nature is to, is to re rebel against God, like God knows best for me. And in, in my nature, when I'm doing things my own way, I, I rebel and I run from God and, and God in his great love, he, he sent Jesus to, to basically bridge the gap between me and God. God never left me. I left God. And, and so uh, the, the more I get to know, the more I study the Bible, the word of God, and, you know, get to know the character of God, the more I see just how, just how loving he really is. And people, people always hear like, oh, God's super judgmental. God, he's an angry God. And, and you read the Bible and, and sometimes that's true. You know, God, God is an angry God. And, and yet you, you can't be a loving God without, without showing anger at sometimes because really God created us to walk with him. And when we run our own way, God, here, here's an analogy. I was watching, I was, uh, I was at my girlfriend's house over Christmas and she was, uh, she was training her dog with like a little, like some little, little treats and she was trying to get him to stay. And dog wants nothing more than to eat this little thing. But she, you know, she sits him down, gets him to sit, and she starts walking away backward with this little treat. She sets it on the ground about 10 feet away. And the dog is just like, you can just see him quivering. He wants to jump and go grab that, that food. And sometimes I think from the outside, a lot of people believe that that's what God is like in that something good and he's keeping us away from it. And that's not it at all. Really, God is telling us to stay and not to touch that. Because what we think is a treat is actually poison. And, and you know, we, we just can't see it. God, God knows so much better than, than we do. And so wrapping back, to, wrapping back to your question, I trust the Lord and I trust him. And he is the foundation of my life. I'm living for the glory of God in my, in my weakness and my failure. That is my purpose. And everything around, and that, that forms my goals. That forms my identity. I'm a child of God by the grace of his son, Jesus. And so that forms, that forms every single other aspect of my life. And so, yeah, I do set goals for different where, where I want to see progress, where I want to grow, but it really comes out of that. I really like that uh, dog and treat analogy because I know it's also the importance of remembering too that just because a door is closed doesn't mean a, a better door isn't going to open for you kind of thing. I know that uh, it's interesting about, so, so we, the poison is like, temptation of, I mean, for those who've read uh, uh, screw, screw Tape Letters. Have you read that book yet, Tristan? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So uh, just, yeah, the, the, such a great book. I was talking about like, oh, it's, you know, it goes back to the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making the world believe that he didn't exist. And so if you don't aware, if you're not aware of the temptations and the poison in the first place, you're like, oh, what's this tree? Oh, oh it looks great. But you don't realize the negative consequences of that. So I, I like that analogy. I know this, this is kind of a loaded question because obviously you can have a 10-week seminar on this, but since I, I want this to be like a, a rapid results theme, what do you believe are the questions you need to ask yourself or the things you need to do to kind of discover who you are in, in, the, in the fastest way possible? The, the way to discover who I am in the fastest way possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and here's maybe maybe one of the points where where you and I could have some have some healthy debate. Yeah, because uh, I'm I'm very you know firm about what I believe and and I only believe it because I actually think it's true, right? I don't yeah. want anybody to believe something if there's no evidence for it, and I see a ton of evidence for it for the fact that there is a God and that He loves us, and so that that's where my identity comes from because I see I see that God has been trustworthy in so many areas, 
And so when he says something about me, I listen to it. And so my identity, I get, I get my identity by hearing what God has said about me. I think that there's a lot. And I think that that's the only true place to find to find identity. I think there's lots of ways to, to look and lots of ways to trick ourselves into believing things about our, ourselves. And, and, you know, especially in, in today's day, everyone has their own truth, things that they believe about themselves. And, and really, a lot of times it's, it's not grounded in anything. It's like, it's just printing fake money. There's, it's not, it's not rooted. It's not backed by anything. It's just, um, it's like, oh, I'm an astronaut. Am I? Show me some evidence. Like, like, no, no, you're not. So yeah, I, that's where my identity comes from. And uh, I'm not going to pretend that it comes from anywhere else. <laughs> so I, I would say dig into the word of God and see what he says about you. There's a lot there. So just, just uh, summarize, make sure we're on the same page here. So yeah, so you, you define yourself by your, your love of, of God, essentially? Quite the opposite. I define myself by the fact that he, that he loves me and he died for me and he says that I'm valued. And, you know, in the, big, in the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, he he creates, you know, he creates the world and he creates man. And he says, he says creation is very good. Or he says creation is good. He creates humans and he says, this is very good. And that was before he gave anybody, a, he didn't give them, give them a job until after that. And so the entire Bible from beginning to end starts with the premise that God is really happy with what he made, that we are good in his sight. Like, like he's, he's just thrilled with his creation and, and he's sad when we walk away from him. But basically my identity comes in the fact that it's not based on what I do. It's not based on what I think about myself. It's based on the fact that God says that I am, that he made me and he sees me as very good. And that, that takes look around us, you know, humans take all kinds of different shapes and sizes, right. And different career ambitions and all these things. And the fact of the matter is that our identity is not based off of how much money we make. You know, you can set goals and, and that can be, that can be a great goal for you. But you know, even when you achieve that, you talk to the richest people in the world. Are you happy? Like how much money is enough? Just a little bit more, right? Like all kinds of quotes like that. And you hear that and all these people are chasing things, thinking that once they get there, they will be who they want to be. And it's just not true. It's just empty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. No, it's, I agree. That is the top trap that people fall into is that, uh, I'll be happy when, or I'll be satisfied when, or finally I can do this when, or I can finally do this when this happens. And uh, it's like uh, Jim Rohn, he says like, when what? Like, just, just understand that it's okay to be happy today, no matter where you are, but while still going on the path of, yeah, wanting to create that quote unquote dream life and feeling as if it, it's already um, happened. So I, I like that. Um and, and so going back to the, the questions, how about what do you think is the fastest way for people to, to connect with God and, and to feel his love, in your opinion? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a loaded question. So I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of cultural implications, and especially in the United States. There's a church on every, on every corner. And yeah, I, I would argue that a lot of those people, uh, a lot of people today, like and even in the church, uh, don't have a good understanding of their true identity. And a lot of it is based around uh, the things I do so that God will like me again mm -hmm. or like me at all. They, they don't need, they miss the point that God liked them in the first place. Mm. And God, God loves us so much. And it's not that God doesn't like us. It's the fact that we are rejecting God and going our own way. And so it's, it's, it's the fact of, I, I think just digging into, digging into the word of God, and especially in the new Testament, like looking how, looking at, at Jesus, who is God, the way that he acts around people who, you know, there's a perfect example. Uh, you see like the religious leaders of the day who on paper did every single thing right, but they missed the heart of it. 
they were doing the things for the sake of it rather than doing those things that God, that God had, he gave them pretty clear instructions in different areas about how they should live and, and work and do these things. And the religious leaders, they, they took that and they, they did those things perfectly, but for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And Jesus showed up in, and he didn't have a crown on, he didn't come in a, in a chariot, you know, he born in a stable, like in the dirt. And, and he said, this is how much I love you speaking to the world. This is how much I love you that I'm going to join you. And, and he hung out with people in the, in that day and age who were, they were called the tax collectors and sinners who were just the, uh, the lowest, lowest in, in that, in that population at that time. And, um, and so, yeah, you, you look at Jesus and say, he is a reflection, like he, he is God by getting, by looking at him and what he does and why he does it, you get to know the, the heart of God. And so, yeah, I, th- I think that all, that's how you get to know, that's how you get to know the Lord and just study, study the word, figure out what it's speaking and, and, and try to separate from all the kind of implications that, that religion and, and Christianity have to do in today's day and age, and especially how it's become uh, entangled in politics. Uh, that, that's a, it's a whole other topic, but uh, yeah, go find out what Jesus is actually like. Don't judge by, don't, don't judge whether it's true or not by how the people today, the people that you see around you at, at any given church are who, who say that they're following Jesus. Don't, don't go by how they live. Go find out what Jesus says about, about himself. Go see what he actually lives out. And that's how you get to know God. Yeah, I like that. And transitioning a little bit here too, obviously God and Jesus are very big influences and uh, dare I say mentors in your life. Tell tell us more about, uh, you know, who else in your life uh, growing up has inspired you and made you want to be the the best you can be outside of God and Jesus? Yeah, uh, my dad has been a huge influence. You know, I I mentioned before about, about him just, you know, we were homeschooled. So uh, he and my mom, they both really dived in and, and were heavily invested in educating us and not for the sake of, of just education, but they actually wanted us to be you know, effective and productive in, in life after, right? Like, what's the point of education? To prepare. And so I think that, that he and my mom imperfectly is, as I think they would, they would admit as well, they just did a great job of, of exposing me to things and uncomfortable situations where I had to learn and adapt. And, uh, and especially I mentioned like just talking on the phone, like to clients at my dad's business uh, from from a young age, I think that that just gave me gave me a lot of experience. And yeah, long, long story short, to uh, to answer your question, my dad has been a has been a huge uh, mentor in my life, and had various uh, mentors, including employees uh, at that same company, who kind of took me under their wing and and taught me and and you know really more than was required of them. They, they stepped out and they took an interest in me. And yeah, so, you know, I can name a couple of them, like a guy named Vincent Nordfors, who's operations manager at the company. He took me under his wing and trained me technically and personally. And another guy, Phil Beach, who's kind of a man um, in school. Uh, I've had a bunch, Joe Baldridge, um, Nick Palladino has, has been a, a huge guy in my life. And he's actually the, the one who helped me land the job that I have today. And so, Kind of as a um, kind of as a, a segue more into like career stuff. Yeah, this this guy. I, I was pursuing audio for music at school for the longest time and was just kind of getting a little uh, worn out and didn't have the the passion or the enthusiasm that I used to have, or even that I saw other people around me in the same classes. Like they were super geeked out about that, and I was kind of apathetic. And I transitioned more into doing audio for uh, for film and TV called audio post production, and just uh, really fell in love with it there. And the the professor and 
in large part because of this guy, Nick Palladino. And um, he's done he's done a lot of work on some really cool projects over the years. And, you know, he's retired, but he still teaches at at Belmont, uh, Belmont University in Nashville, which is where I was studying. And uh, yeah, so I just took a I took a few classes with him and I helped him out. I did an independent study with him, did some uh, uh, worked as a TA with him. So it just, you know, got a lot of got a lot of time uh, with him and learned from him. And uh, when when an opportunity came up and uh, and an industry professional reached out to him to ask for you know, a referral to to a student to hire him and a couple other faculty at, at Belmont, uh, they all gave him my name. And so it's was, it was just really cool, really cool how that happened. And it all came through this this one relationship. I love that. And I definitely believe that that none of us would be where we are today has it, had it not been for positive influences and mentors. And and obviously one of your mentors really helped you land your dream job, which is which is huge. I mean, congratulations again on that. And for those listening out there, what, what advice would you give to people if they wanted to get mentors faster, get mentors yeah, more, more quickly in their life? Yeah, I think it comes down to, to investing in relationships, even if you don't think that there's anything to be gained. I think there's a lot, there are a lot of people that would, would just invest to uh, people talk about the power of networking all the time and how and how you should spend time around you know the people who are doing what you want to do and who have connections and yeah that's 100% true network is networking is huge uh, i also think that it can be kind of selfish and, and self-serving sometimes when when we when we're you know using people in a way to um, to just get what we want and I, I think that just showing up and and being real with people and and investing in them back i think that that's huge and and I didn't spend time with Nick uh, for for the this in the hopes that he would get me this job. Yeah, I had an idea of that in the back of my head. I just thought he was a cool guy and he knew a lot and I wanted to learn from him, right? And and uh, you know, in the ways that I could, I I wanted to invest in him as well. And that's that's how I was approaching that relationship. And you know, he was gracious enough to extend invest in me and, and give me the opportunity because. I think he knew that I wasn't just milking him for opportunities later on. He could sense that that I was genuine. And when I asked him questions, I, I wasn't hinting at, he just, I think he got a, a sense that, that I actually cared about him as a person. And so, yeah, spend time around the people who are doing what you want to do, network, but also invest in them for the sake of them as people and, and see how you can serve them as well. And, and what does that mean to invest into a relationship or invest into someone without quote unquote getting or wanting anything out of it? I think that it means, yeah, that's a good question. I think that it means that we show up and, and we treat, we treat everyone the same in a, um, in the sense of we don't view people as, as just way, ways that we can gain. That's a, that's a really good question that I need to give some thought to, you know, to be honest. What, yeah. I mean, is there anything that, that comes to mind? Like, like with Nick, for example, so you, you met and you just said, Hey, I want to learn from you. Can we meet like once a month or something? And like, obviously you never went up to and said, Hey, Nick, I'm only going to talk to you because I know you're going to find me a job someday. Like, <laughs> how did you specifically approach that, that relationship, for example, or you felt like you were investing while being genuine, while making it clear, like that, yeah, you do want to be hopefully beneficial for them. Cause I know a lot of people do get satisfaction, happiness out of helping others. So I'm just curious if there's any moments, like, did you write an extra card to them? Did you buy them coffee and anything that kind of comes to mind there? Nothing so formal or in, intentional in that way, because again, I think that doing those things is it, it can circle back to like a motive, 
a lot of times it can. And it's, you know, there's a motive, but it's kind of disguised in, in just trying to be friendly. And I think more accurately, I, I think what we should do is just care about people because they're people and, 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 and learn what they have to say, learn about their lives and invest in them, know their, their wife's name or their, their, their kids' names, like all those things, like actually learn about them and, and invest in, you can't invest heavily in every person. That's just impossible. But in the people that you are interacting with day to day, yeah, go deep with them and, and put your motive to the side. If something happens, great. If not, you have a great friend. I love that. Love that. And I know people love talking about mentors and acquiring them and connecting with them. Tell us more about, uh, if you look back at, sounds like you've had a lot of mentors throughout your life. In your opinion, you don't have to mention names, of course, uh, which relationships have worked better than others and why? The ones that have worked the best, and, and that's a loaded thing in and of itself. Like, what, is, what does it mean to, like, for a relationship to work for you or a mentorship to work for you? Yeah, if you go if you go into it with the with the specific intention of of learning learning things, then I think that a lot of people can be really good mentors. Um, but like if you if you enter a mentorship for with the specific goal of learning about a specific category of life, right? For for instance, professional or or spiritual, right? Then you can learn from a lot of people. But I think that the best mentors are when there's a common when there's a a common belief system. And, and you, you get to look at how they model their lives. And again, going back to what we talked about before, like integrating those different categories of their life. I think that those are the best mentors that, that you can, you can connect with at a foundational level, not just, not just subject matter. Yeah. makes sense. And then another kind of segue from mentoring networking. I know some people just kind of shiver and do the <laughs> face palm and say, ah, oh, networking again. I, I hate that word, but obviously networking is what helped you find your dream job right out of college, which is, which is huge, which is what every college student wants. And I believe that, yeah, networking is, is so crucial, but in order for you to you know, continue to help others or for you to give advice to your past self, um, what advice would you give to your past self or to others about networking in, in general? Well, I don't know that I networked very well at all. I, I really don't think I, that I did. I just had classes with these professors and I went deep with the people that I was around and I, yeah, I, I invested in the relationships that I had and where I, I potential, like, wow, I could really learn from this person. I was very intentional in that sense. I, I would spend a lot of time with them. I would talk to them. I'd stay after class, you know, and, and just invest outside of all the require, required areas. I don't know that, especially in school, I don't know that I networked very well. There are a lot of people that, that did it really well around me who were super, super driven. At the time, I wasn't. I just went really deep with the people around me and it's paid dividends. Uh, well, that is, that is very interesting. And I, and I definitely believe you got to give yourself some more credit for that because yeah, why go one inch deep with a hundred people when you can go a hundred inches deep with one person kind of thing. Cause I'll, and just being able to see the importance of, yeah, sometimes I think that's a great example. Your exhibit A that you don't need to meet everyone you just need to meet the right people and and build the right relationships and have that that deep relationship where it sounds like you and Nick would would do anything for each other and just and and you can't really do that with a hundred people sometimes if you're just spending all this time having one off conversations like I love that example like instead of going wide you went deep is, is that kind of what you're advocating for you're still saying you regret quote unquote not networking enough I think that I think it hurt to network a little more I think network the power of networking is is huge. And also just to, so yeah, put yourself in awkward positions and, and learn from it, do it better next time and, and enjoy it a little bit more. Palms won't be quite as sweaty 
on round five as as round one. But yeah, I'd say go deep instead of go deep and wide as go wide, but really go deep with a few people. And I'm not saying if you're living in the basement and you're the five people you're around, you just play video games all the time. Like go deep with with people who are who are going somewhere and who are living integrated lives. I'm not saying just pick random people and go deep with them. Uh, go deep with the people that that you admire and you want to grow with. Love that. Yeah, you're you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and so I'm glad you helped clarify that. Like, oh well, I'm going deep with the people who are playing video games all the time, and so uh, clearly that's going to work for me, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> not quite. Yeah. And of course, yes, there are people who get paid a lot of money to play video games, and there are people who don't get paid anything to play video games. So of course, yeah, it goes back to balance and strategy and different routes. But yeah, I, I hear you. Just like yes, you can go deeper with relationships, just making sure you're intentional about it and that it, it makes sense. And and uh, yeah, remember you're you're the average of five people you spend the most time with. So I like that. All right. So as we wrap up a little bit here, I have a about two three questions left. And one of the questions is, what do you believe that you can do faster than 90% of the world and why? So the, the keyword there is, is faster. And it could be something simple as sprint faster, whether it's being able to learn faster, whether it's just be aware of yourself in a moment with, meant with the awareness faster, problem solving faster. Just kind of anything that, that comes to mind that you're like, I'm, I'm confident I can do this faster than most people. I think I'm I think I'm pretty good at cutting through the BS and getting to the heart of something. I don't <laughs> kind of two sides of me. One is a uh, perfectionist that that spends way too much time on the details. And, and so maybe there's something I'm I'm super detail oriented. I rarely miss a detail. And so, yeah, that's something I, I especially in the work that I do with with audio engineering. I'm really good at that because I'm detail oriented. Yeah. You know, I think that I, you know, I can kind of, I can see the forest. I don't get stuck in the trees too often. Definitely uh, better moments than others. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's something I, I can process a lot of information and kind of take the average of it and, and figure out the heart of something uh, fairly quickly. And, and to piggyback off of that, are there any books you recommend people read or, or anything that if they wanted to say, how can I be like Tristan and W Tristan, how can I like really see the, the forest perfectly as well as him? Like any advice you can give on how can they, how they could develop that skill? Well, this is book number one, but uh, after that, I think there are a lot of useful ones. Uh, there's, there's one, there's one book that I really, that I listened to audiobooks are amazing that I listened to last year. Um, and it's called in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. It's a crazy <laughs> title, right? It's like, what the heck does that even mean? And uh, inspiration from it comes from comes from comes from a verse in the Bible, and the author just kind of extrapolated on it. But but his his uh, his point is like is just talking about this this one guy who he saw this like crazy challenge and he didn't back down from it. He was like, "There's a lion pit on a snowy day. Most of us, including me, I would have run right." And and this guy like he just jumped in and he got it done. And so yeah, I think it's just really uh kind of inspiring and just uh that you know just the idea of like run running toward our running toward our problems and, and facing them head on and uh yeah this is kind of a side topic but i think is really important especially for guys for men in in our generation is getting in touch with with emotions and facing them because i i think that there's there's a lot of i think there's a lot of posturing in today's generation where men have to be you know, just power through it, grit. It's all, it's all willpower. 
that those that strength in that in those areas can be really useful. But I also think that there's a reason that we feel emotions and um, and you know don't rely on the, the emotions, but they're symptoms of an issue. Figure out what that issue is and 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 address it. And that will uh, I don't know digging more into that in my own life and in my in my past that has helped me so much in, in a lot of different areas. But yeah, cool book. I love that. In the pit with the lion on a snowy day. There yeah. Mark Patterson. M- Mark Patterson. All right. Batterson right. with a B. Yeah. Oh, B-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N? I believe so. Something like that. Okay. All right. Definitely worth looking up. All right. We have uh, two questions left. One of the questions is, when you look back at your life, what do you, W. Tristan Abelson, want your legacy to be? It's a big question. I, I think that money's going to fade. I want to know that I made a difference in people's lives, whether it's meeting their physical needs. You know, the you know, I live in Nashville. There, there are homeless people on every street corner. That's a that's a huge passion of mine, like meeting their physical needs. And so that my life mattered. And yeah, it's not so much about like, oh, I want people to miss me when I'm gone. It, that's it's it's bigger than that. I want to know that I that I lived life well. And like when I meet Jesus, I, I want to hear the words like, well done, good and faithful, good and faithful servant. That that's the only legacy I need to know that I live life well for the glory of God. I love that. And, and, and just, uh, do you feel like you'll have reached that when you sound like you're passionate about helping homelessness, which I love. And I know a lot of other guys in our ISI group, uh, they are passionate about that too. And I know I would love to help solve that problem as well. Like I'm, I'm in New York city and it definitely breaks my heart going to the subway systems and there's people just sleeping down in the subways and you're like, gosh, you know, I wish you could help, help them find a home. Yeah. And maybe you don't have an answer for this, but is there anything you come to mind where where you feel like, okay, because I was able to accomplish this and do this, and maybe it's tangible, maybe maybe it's intangible, you would feel satisfied. Well, it goes back to goes back to identity. It's not about what we do. It's it's about who we are, and who we are determines what we do. Because of who I am, because I'm a child of God, because I am trying to live with the heart, with the, with the love that that He showed me. I want to show that love to other people. By doing that the, in the best way that I can, that's how I'm going to f- find fulfillment. And maybe I'll accomplish all these these really cool things that other people will acknowledge. And maybe I won't. But whether it happens or not, it's not going to stop me from trying. My legacy doesn't come from what I think about myself or from what other people think about me. It comes from what God thinks of me. That, if I had to wrap it up, that, that would be how. Yeah, I love that. All right. Well, Tristan, W. Tristan, thank you so much for coming on today. Last question is, is there anything else that you want to say for uh, people looking for rapid results in their life? Anything else that uh, you wish I had asked you or that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> I, I just think that the focus, you can't be you can't be the best weightlifter and the best marathon runner at the same time. And so the idea of like like long obedience in the same direction, like, hey, I, I have a goal and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to work at that goal until something really changes and I, and I change my mind. I, I could speak for my, my own fitness life with like a bunch of like dreams, things that I want to do. I want to be really strong. I want to be really fast. I want to run really far. Those are all great goals and they all can be done, but not at the same time. And so kind of take, take a look and, and say, okay, in this season, this is what I'm going to focus on. This is what I'm going to do. And until something really changes, doesn't matter how I feel about it. I'm going to keep going. Love that. Love that. The importance of focus. You can have anything you want in life but you can't have everything. <laughs> it's just important to remember that. <laughs> and if, if people want to get a hold of you, Tristan, and contact you and say, oh my gosh, like I'd love to connect more with you. How, how can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, LinkedIn would probably 
Gosh, I don't even know my uh, my username. Let me check that. Probably just Tristan Abelson. All right, Tristan Abelson on LinkedIn. Yes, sir. Perfect. All right, awesome. Well, thank you again for coming by today, and I uh, appreciate you being part of episode one of Rapid Results. I wrote down uh, a bunch of timestamps about you talking about networking, about talking about going deep, about talking about getting to the heart of the something, running towards problems, focus, and just the importance of yeah, at the end of the day, it's uh, not your decision, it's God's decision. And uh, just re remembering that, and I know I need to, it's my goal to, to read many books this year, and I definitely know the, the Holy Bible should probably be on that list. And so my my girlfriend, uh, she actually has a Broadway podcast, and so you, you can check it out uh, for those listening in. The, it's called the Bible Broadway Podcast, but Tristan definitely helped uh, give a great, uh, yeah, low, low down in the meantime. So thank you again for coming on today, Tristan. Much appreciated. Absolutely. Thanks, Andrew. All right, cheers. That concludes another episode of Rapid Results. Remember to leave a review about something you learned so others can share the knowledge. Keep being unstoppable in your pursuit of the lifestyle freedom you desire. And we'll see you next week.